Oftentimes we hear that uh, children are important here at church, right? You guys hear that? I'm excited to hear that since that's what I do. I believe that God is excited to hear that as well uh, because I think God values children quite highly, okay? He made them after all. Okay, so we're going to take a look at that. I want to take a quick look at uh, a scripture that may be familiar to many of you before we get into the rest of the message. Uh, Let's go to Matthew chapter 18, verse 1 through 5. Do you have it up there? All right. At that time, the disciples came to Jesus and asked, Who is the greatest in heaven, or the kingdom of heaven? He called the little child and, and had him stand among them. And he said, I tell you the truth, unless you change and become like a little children, you will never enter the kingdom of heaven. Therefore, whoever humbles himself like this child is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven. And whoever welcomes a little child like this in my name welcomes me. Right? Kids are important to God. And if you haven't guessed yet, that's where we're going today. Okay? And uh, they are an example for us, if you look through that scripture, an example for us on their faith. They're an example to us on their trust. They're the example to us on their dependence on adults, just as we are to be dependent on God. All right? We are to become like them, not childish, but become like them in some of their, their, uh, their ways that they operate versus them becoming like us. Okay? That's totally countercultural. I get that. Um, but God cares about kids. There's more miracles done for kids and around kids than for adults in the Bible. Hello? All right? The disciples started freaking out, getting the kids out of here. Jesus rebuked them. He just didn't say, hey, don't do that. He said, hey, knock it off. All right? Kids are important to God. Now, if you have kids, you had kids, or you want kids, today's message is for you. If you don't have kids, you hate kids, you don't even want to say the word kid, guess what? Today's message is for you. And why could that be? Because kids are important to God. If something isn't truly important to God, then it better be important to you as well. Now, I'm not saying you go run out and become, uh, you know, adopt a kid if you don't like kids. But here's the thing. You impact kids no matter who you are. And they say, well, I never am around kids. Okay. Then you're around somebody who is around kids. And you can speak into their life and you can help them grow. Okay. So this is for everybody. They don't be checking out on me. All right. I'm used to teaching kids and it's real clear to me when they're not paying attention. All right? And if you're boring, boom, they're out. And they, but they don't fake it like an adult. All right? They just go, okay? <laughs> so if you're bored, then go to sleep so then we know. All right? Somebody can hit you. All right, let's pray. Father, we come to you today. Man, will you just rock our world? Will you just shake it up in us when it comes to our thoughts and our beliefs on kids? Just mess with us. Help us to see with your eyes uh, what we should do with kids, how we should act towards kids. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, that's my prayer for today, man. Just really, just just shake us up, all of us. I don't care who you are. So today, I really, my, my, my key topic today is I want to talk about the importance of training up your children for a spiritual legacy, okay? The importance of training up your children for a spiritual legacy. I want to take a look at uh, Proverbs 22.6. Very familiar verse for those who've been in the church. Train a child in the way he should go, and when he is old, he will not turn from it. Some say he will not depart from it. All right? We usually cling to this verse, man, when things all of a sudden start kind of going bad and your kids are growing up and they seem like they're kind of just, okay? And we're like, train up a child in the way he should go, and when he's old, he won't, de- won't depart from it, won't turn from it, okay? Well, is God a liar? I don't know. Let's find out. See, because if you look at the condition of our kids today, can I just be honest with you? They are in a very poor condition in general, by and large, okay? 
I know your kids are overachievers and all that kind of stuff, but let's look overall. I was recently talking to somebody here at the church, actually last Sunday, talking about, uh, he works in an area high school. And we're just talking about, he said, man, sex is out of control. I said, well, what do you mean? He said, man, everywhere. I said, well, come on, I'm a percentage guy. Like, what are you talking about? Like 40, 50%, what? 70, in his estimation, he's right in the school working with them. 70 to 80% of high school kids, not just seniors, high school kids, ninth grade through senior year, are having sex. Boom. I'm like, my kids are going to high school this year, okay? <laughs> Daddy's got a gun, okay? All right. Okay, now... To not jump on this problem, but I did read another uh, study that had been talking about grade school kids. And I work a lot with grade school kids. And uh, actually, we just got back from a camp with grade school kids at a church camp. It was awesome. And I want you to actually take a look at these kids. And, and more, more so, listen to their voices as they are uh, in a time of worship. You can go ahead and play that clip. All right, a little different than in here. I had the privilege to be part of the team that was up there helping them worship. And I'm looking out on those kids, man, it was, I mean, that doesn't even do it justice. It was awesome. They're pouring out their hearts all week, man. They are chasing after God. And there were some of those stragglers, I get that. But in general, man, they were going after God. They are ready, okay? But here's what the study says. Seven out of 10 of those kids will not be serving Christ when they're uh, 18 years old. I'm sitting up there trying to praise and worship, and that study kept going through my head. I'm like, no! Okay? Three out of ten will serve Christ when they get to be 18 or higher. That might be great for baseball, three out of ten, but that sucks for the church. And I use that word on purpose, okay? You're like, ooh, it does. What we are doing is not working, okay? And you might be an overachiever and say, well, what I'm doing is working. Well, hopefully... I might say, I'm, so, I'm such an incredible pastor. I have such an incredible team, which I do, by the way. Uh, uh, we're awesome. What, four out of ten? Is that good enough? No. And we're not talking about baseball here. We're talking about eternal lives. Okay? So, but we're training up our kids, right? So, is God a liar or what? Right? Proverbs 22, 6. It says, train up a child is the way they should go, and when they're old, they will not depart from her. I contend this. Our children are doing exactly what we're training them to do. And that might hurt. But I think that's what's happening. I think, you know, culturally, sure, if they're not in the church, that's obvious. But even in the church, there's not a whole lot of difference between churched and unchurched kids walking away. Well, obviously, if they were churched, hopefully, if they believed in Christ, there's not much difference. Okay? The verse says that we are to train them, not tell them. Hear me? And I'm preaching to me too, by the way. I'm a parent. All right? Tell them. We tell them. Don't lie. We lie. Don't, don't cheat. We cheat. Don't get drunk. Hello? Don't live with somebody. Boom. All right? And I can go on and on. This isn't a doom and gloom kind of thing. But here's the thing. We are getting exactly what we are training Okay? God is not a liar. Sowing and reaping works no matter what it is. And this we are poor, poorly training. Actually, we're training him well, but in the wrong direction. Okay? And by the way, I'm guilty of this sometimes as well. 
Okay? Now, this isn't doom and gloom. All right, we have a solution. There are solutions that we can go to. I just want to paint the picture, man. We are, we, we are in need, okay, of something to help us. Let's go back to what's the original plan for spiritual growth for kids? Okay, what's the original plan? Let's go to Deuteronomy chapter 6. All right, verse 3. It says, Hear, O Israel, and be careful to obey so that it may go well with you and that you may increase greatly. In a land flowing with milk and honey. Some would say that's even like the U.S., right? We got much. Just as the Lord, the God, your fathers promised you. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your strength. Are we doing that, church? These commands that I give you today are to be upon your hearts. Impress them on your children. Talk about them when you sit at home, when you walk along the road, or in our case, drive, when you lie down, and when you get up. Tie them as symbols on your hands and bind them on your foreheads. Write them on the door frames of your houses and on your gates. We are to live this deal. God is telling God's people, uh, I mean Moses is telling God's people that training children is not just an event. Church is kind of an event. Fine arts we run with 400, almost 500 kids going nuts. Camp, 400 kids, yeah! That's an event. And just like a balloon, it goes away. Our faith journey needs to be more than Sunday, Wednesday, and these events. We need to talk when we're sitting at home, when we're driving in the car, when we're putting them to bed, when they're waking up. We need to be weaving God. We need to be weaving Jesus into their lives. I want to talk about this. There's two places that uh, we're going to talk intellectually. It's almost school time, right? There's two places that uh, we have designed for learning. One is school. Two is the home. All right, let's talk about the school here. Most people, and and oftentimes people, uh, will give their children to the school to help them to learn. And some people choose to do it at home. A friend of mine recently was asked, hey, do you teach your kids at home? He said, yes. And they said, are you a homeschooler? And he's like, no. My kids go to a public school, but I am the primary teacher of them. I'm taking responsibility for the things that they need to to know to, to live in life, to grow up, to be successful, right? It's not just the school. It is us at home as well. We need to prepare them for life. Same thing with the church. How about the spiritual training of your kids? All right, spiritual training, there's the church, but then there's also the home. Many people sometimes will just say, hey, church, you do it. You train up my child. All right? And some people do it at home. The two need to come together. See, it's created that, that you are to have a family experience. You are actually, the home is the primary place of spiritual training, right? Deuteronomy 6. And we as a church, and we ask it, you know, before my time, so it's not my problem. No, even in my problem in my time. We in the church have kind of said, you know what, we'll do it. You guys aren't very good at it. We'll do it. We'll do it. We'll do it. Enough. Wake up. We're done. We, it is not our job to train your children completely about the spiritual truths, okay? We will do our best, and that's not a cop-out from what we do, but it is not our job, and we should never have said it was. All right? They never clap in kids' church. All right, here we go. Deuteronomy 32, 46 and 47 says this. He said to them, this is Moses talking, take the heart, uh, the words I've solemnly declared to you this day so that you may command your children to obey carefully all the words of this law. 
They are not just idle words for you. They are your life. By them you will live long in the land you are crossing the Jordan to possess. See, these words of God are not idle words. And sometimes I even catch it. I'm like, yeah, yeah, okay, read and read and read. These are not idle words. These are words of life. And on the contrary of that, if you don't give them those words, it is words of death. And the, the proverb we started off with, verse 6, which we're not going to go to, but it talks about, you know what? Woe to the one who causes one of these children to sin. It's better to have a big old honking rock on a rope around their neck thrown into the sea than to cause a child to sin. But woe to us if we're choosing to not give these words of life and we're just letting the kids decide on their own, okay? Woe to us. And once again, I'm a parent. Woe to me as well if we choose to do that. Our hope at Celebration Church here is to come alongside you as parents, as grandparents, however you have kids, aunts, and uncles, to come alongside you and to work together with you. There's a gentleman named Reggie Joyner down in the Atlanta area who came up with this orange concept to help us understand that. All right? And here's how it goes. Yellow represents the church, right? All the, the commands that we help teach, the truth, the character of God. I mean, it's very important for us to have that. So we have yellow. We also have Red. Red represents the family, right? The heart, the nurturing aspect that it goes. And here's how it kind of goes, all right? There's some people who come and say, you know what? Take my kid and give them all the spiritual truths they need to live their life. That's yellow thinking. The church will do it. The other side of it is, as you can guess, there's those who say, you know what? I am a great teacher. I am the one who's going to influence my kid. I don't need the church. It's just going to be about our family. That's red thinking. See, God designed both. Say both. You guys are way better than first service. All right. God designed both. Okay. God designs both. And so what if we were to take the church and we're going to go ahead and teach and train your kids. And you're going to allow us to do that. And we appreciate that. We are honored to do that. We have great folks who uh, pour a lot of time into them. Okay? There's things that can happen at church here that cannot happen at home. Can I just tell you that? You put 400 kids in this room and just cranking music and worship and all that. You cannot do that at home. They can see their peers and say, oh, wow, yes! There's more people. It's not just me. But on the other hand, what if we take home? And, and home teaches them about truths, teaches them about God, teaches them uh, about what their life is all about. See, we combine them together, and there's the orange, all right? And this isn't some fancy trick. You can do this at home too, okay? <laughs> Yellow and red make orange, and that's where we're trying to go here as a church. We're trying to go and say, let's not just do it all ours here, but let's not you guys do it all on your own. How about we do it together? Can I say, yeah? I can say, yeah, you can say, yeah. Let's do it together, okay? This is orange, what we're talking about. So, practice that Proverbs 22, 6. Tramp a child in the way he should go, and when he is old, he will not depart, or he will not turn from it. This is true. God is not a liar. So if it's true, then let's work with it. But let's change what we're training them. So we can get the results that we're looking for, right? Let's change it. It's going to work. Sowing and reaping works. So when does training begin? Let me ask you that question. When does training begin? Let's say if you're going to be an uh, Olympic athlete. What time, when, when do you start training? How about two years old? Three years old maybe? They're skiing by two. 
They're skating by three probably, these guys and gals. What about spiritual training? When does spiritual training begin? Does it begin once they're an adult? Yeah, you're going to say that because we're in church and I asked the question. You know that. It's okay. Must be no, 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 no. How about when they're a teenager? He's still asking. Must not be. How about right now? Okay? That's when we need to start. You know, a couple of quick things here. There's a, a George Barna, a guy who does a ton of research for the church, churches in general, where we're going and all that kind of stuff. Uh, it says this. Social scientists have known for years that the moral foundations of children are generally determined by the time the individual reaches the age nine. Okay? So by the time they're nine, they're pretty much morally foundation, you know, foundation of their morals is boom, set. Okay, years ago, Billy Graham Association did a study. When is a person the most uh, receptive to God? When is the person going to go ahead and, and, and receive Christ? What do you think it is? Think in your head. Five, four, three, two, one. How about the age of seven? Does that shock anybody? Age of seven is when someone is most receptive to hear about Christ and receive him. I love working with kids. Okay. Some of you guys like, really? All right. Child Evangelism Fellowship states 80% of Christians today first committed their lives to Christ between the age of 4 and 14. Can a 4-year-old really accept Christ? Absolutely. Can all 4-year-olds? <laughs> no. <laughs> Some 4-year-olds who shouldn't be left alone doing anything, okay? Uh, one final thing from Barna again. Research regarding all facets of moral and spiritual development, whether related to worldview, beliefs, behavior, shows that such development starts at the age of 2. Okay, when do we start spiritually training our kids? How about now? And I have a real quick story about that. Our girls, uh, I have twin girls who are 14 now. They were just under two. They're somewhere in the ones. And they were starting to talk. And that, you know, they weren't talking very well yet. But we had these little scripture memory songs that we'd play in the van or whatever. And I don't know why. Somebody must have told us it was a good idea. Because, uh, you know, they're like, nah, 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 and they weren't singing. But they're, you know how they get into it. And uh, we're like, okay. And so we, we're doing these you know, for a long, long, long time. Well, then we, we, we lose the tape. It's gone. And they still aren't talking yet. They're still in mommy, daddy, and I told first service, I think they said daddy is awesome or something like that. And so they would do that kind of stuff, but um, they, weren't, they weren't putting it all together. And we lose the tapes, and I don't know how long it was, but it was certainly quite a while because by the time we found them, the tape, we punked it back in. They could talk now, right? And I kid you not, I'm just telling you, I kid you not, we put that tape in and they sang every single song the first time, okay? It was in there. So don't tell me that kids can't get spiritual truths, okay? Don't tell me they can't get some of this stuff. It is already in there. And that's why we're starting to make some changes even in our preschool area where we're going to be teaching, uh, and we do it a little bit, we're going to do it more intentionally now, even the newborns, okay? Not a 30-minute sermon, by the way. I don't know why they're crying, right? <laughs> but we're going to be teaching them just even a little, little worship music. It's in there. Out of the mouths of babes comes praise, right? The time is now, now, what if your kids are grown? Well, bummer for you, okay? You just shut it right down. Now, if your kids are already grown, it's going to look different. See, you know, for a lot of us, it's, it's, we had a kid as a puppy, and, and you can train a puppy. Now, it's consistent, persistent, and you've got to tap them on the butt, get them, you know, to get them to where they want to go, and get them potty trained and all that kind of junk. Okay, same thing with our kids. Little corrections, little corrections, little corrections. Well, now that puppy is a 110-pound Labrador, okay? Big mama jama. You go ahead and, okay, you know, and you say, well, I haven't done anything with my kids yet. Well, okay, uh, don't do that. Is there a fly on my butt? That's what that dog's going to be thinking, right? What's going on? That's what your teenager, 15-year-old, going to say, say what? 
You want me to pray? Okay. But here's the thing that we know. We're not talking about dogs here. We're talking about people. And we know that God loves people. And God can do anything that he wants to. And he wants his people to come to him. Shall we say that, right? And he will give grace to do that. You know, it just made it look totally different. Okay? You can't do this with a teenager. Or they'll probably get back at you. Okay? You need to figure out what to do with them. Work with them. But you still are the parent. If your kids are grown and they're 30, 40 years old, you are more of an influencer versus you're not going to go into their house. Okay, this morning we're going to do devotionals. And they're going to look at you and say, what? But how you speak, the things you do, how you act around them will begin to influence them for the ways of Christ. Does that make sense? All right. So what does it look like? Well, I'll just make something up. No, we're not going to do that. What did Jesus do, right? Jesus called it making disciples. All right? He's talking about making disciples. And he did this, right, in Matthew 28, 20, it talks about teaching them to obey. Teaching your kids to obey. Helping your kids understand God. If there's going to be a disciple, there needs to be a discipler, a trainer. And discipling comes through relationship. It's not about read this verse and do this and memorize that and... That's not going to do anything. Jesus didn't teach him that way. Jesus didn't make disciples that way. He said, come on, let's go, follow me. And for three years, right, he, they hung out with him, and he would, he would do something, and then he'd say, now you go do it. And they're like, okay. And they'd come back, it didn't work. Right, remember? Send them out two by two, they came, it didn't work. And he said, all right, here's the deal. And he would train them step by step by step by step by step. And that's what we need to do with our kids. We need to train them step by step by step by step by step. See that real fast, okay? We're training them through relationship. You have a relationship with somebody, they're willing to listen to you. You just jump on somebody's face and they don't know you from anything, they're not going to pay attention. All right, discipleship has a specific goal, and that is that they become conformed to the image of Jesus Christ. We want our kids to be more like Christ in their attitudes, their motives, and their actions. By the way, here's a little question for you. Who spends more time with your kids? Me or you? Trick question. All right, you do. See, now you see the importance of the home, training up your children. 168 hours in a week, I believe, and uh, you have 166, and, and we have two. Now, we'll do our best with those two, but guess who? you got that 166 hours that you need to leverage for them. All right? Back again to Proverbs 22.6. Train up a child in the way he should go, and when he's old, will not depart from it. The word training in this case talks about uh, like putting a bit in a horse's mouth. How many of you guys ride horses? Anybody ever ride a horse? Yeah, that's a scary deal. I'm not a big horse rider. But, but, but I know enough when you're in there that you, sometimes you need to guide the horse with that bit, and then sometimes you need to crank it. Sometimes with our kids, we need to guide them. And I'm not talking about child abuse here, but sometimes we need to, okay? We let them know, knock it off. Here's the thing. A parenting concept is this, which is totally countercultural. Children are not equipped to make good decisions by themselves. Can I say amen to that? Anybody hear that? They are not equipped. But culturally, what do they say? Let them work it out together. Just go put them in a room. Here's what I'm going to tell you. You put a bunch of boys in a room, 8-year-olds, 9-year-olds, 10-year-olds. If you have a room when you come back, all right, you know, start. You have a computer there. Guess what they're going to do? Oh, Dora the Explorer. No. All right, they're going to go. All right, Star Wars. Cool, cool. And they're going to go. Dun, 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 dun. Ooh, look at that lady. Okay. Um, 
I don't think it's in our moral fiber that we should really be looking at this. We need to make a good decision, guys. Give me a break. Right? They are not going to make a good decision almost all the time. All right? But I poured it into them. I know. Is not how it works. They are not equipped to make it, so we need to do it. All right? We need to be careful and, and help them understand the laws of God and help them to obey little tangent, but I'm going to go there anyway. Talking countercultural, guess who's the parent or grandparent? You guys. Or the influencer in these kids. Guess who has the authority to say no? Guess who can tell them yes, no, maybe, so? You do. Be the parent. You want to teach your kid? Here we go. You teach what you allow. I heard that many years ago, and it is so true. If you're having a problem with this 110-pound dog that just won't respond, it's the reason because you allow them to respond, to do whatever they want. You have a kid, and you say, go over there, and they don't go over there. Stop doing that. I'm coming over there. Stop doing that. I'm coming over there. Stop doing it. I'm coming over here. You do that for enough times, guess what they're going to do? Whatever they stinking want to do, because they know you're not going to follow through. Can I give you permission be the parent, okay? And some of you guys have not been taught that. You've been, you know what? Just, I can't be too hard on them. I can't or whatever. I don't want them to rebel, okay? And you can push them too far. But by and large, the error in our ways is that we are not holding high enough expectations. We are not asking enough of them. We are not holding them accountable. And we're not being the parent as God has called us to be. Amen to that, all right? So we need to instill a spiritual hunger to our kids, okay? How do we get them to want more of God? Surprise! We need to model it. Well, that's great. Thanks for coming. We're done. All right? We need to model it. I mean, it comes back to me. Yes, it comes back to you. It comes back to me. Do your kids ever see you pray? Have they ever seen you praise God other than at church? Some people... All right, this is another little sore topic. I'm not meaning to offend anybody here, but let me just say here. Some people will decide to do this, okay? We're doing family worship, and we're always going to have our kids everywhere we go, no matter what, okay? And when it comes, and they come into adult service, all right, hear my heart on this one. They come into adult service with their kids, those two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight-year-olds, all right? Pastor Mark is awesome. He is funny. He has great points. But can I just say this? A two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight-year-old is not getting the hunger for God from listening to Pastor Mark. Okay? Let us come alongside you, okay, and help us. We have age-specific teaching, and this isn't about bolstering my numbers, by the way. We have age-specific teaching that we're going to help those kids see God is real, God can work in my life, and this is how I can apply it, okay? At age 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, all right? Now, if you want to do both, I don't care, and it's your life. You can do whatever you want, but I just want to encourage you. Man, don't miss out on that spiritual training. It's huge in these kids' lives. We need to help them, expose them to God, help them to see. In Psalms 34, 8, it says, Taste and see the Lord is good. What are we giving them to taste? Right? Help show them what God has. Well, how would I do that? I'm a guy. All right, well, let me, how about this? All right, because we're not talking about 
Everybody sit around the kitchen table, kumbaya. Okay, let's see God or today. Guys are like, ah, I'm out, I'm out, I'm out. Okay. How about this? How about what if you're fishing? What if you're hunting? What if you're uh, playing some ball with your kid and you just say, hey, check out the great day that God made. Is that hard? No. Check out this incredible lake. Check out, <laughs> check out this carp. Isn't it awesome? Okay. And your kid's going to say, dad, what? Why God make a car? And we're gonna say, I don't know. When you get to heaven, you can ask them, uh, why'd you make carp suckers and sturgeon? I don't know. Okay, these things that they need to, they, they, just weave it in. Okay, weave it in. Help them to see. If there's an answer to prayer, let them know it. If you pray every day or you read your Bible every day, does your kid ever see you do that? Sometimes you need to get caught. Ooh, I never get caught. No, you need to get caught. And here's how guys typically get caught in never reading their Bible. Right? And the kids say, are you reading your Bible? Yep, I'm reading my Bible. Okay. Get caught. Let them see you. Uh, what if my kid doesn't like to go to church? What if my kid doesn't want to go to school? What if my kid doesn't want to go to the dentist? What if my kid doesn't want to go to the doctor? Okay? Remember? Who cares what they want to do? Right? Really? What's for their well-being? You don't say, well, I know you don't want to go to the doctor, even though you got strep throat, because it could hurt, but, you know, I just don't want to hurt your feelings. Get in the car, right? (laughs) We're not talking about physical health here. We're talking about spiritual health. I don't want to go to church. I know. Here's a great line my wife uses all the time. I know. I'll get in the car. (laughs) Okay? With kids, all the kids all the time come up to me. I don't want to. I know. Get in the car. I know, go do that. I know, just redirect them. I know, boom, go. Give them a command. I know, boom. This is spiritual stuff we're talking about, spiritual health. Don't let them avoid the spiritual development in their life. So what are we going to do? What are we going to do? I don't know, what should we do? Let's do something. See, how many guys are golfers? Anybody golfers? Okay. I am not. Okay? That's pretty clear. Wait until you see this swing. All right. Well, here's the thing, though. But uh, there's a point to this as how we can apply. You know, because where do we go from here? All right? Uh, it looks like our kids are kind of in the toilet. All right? Not in all of them, by the way. But I'm saying, in general, culturally, we're, we've got some challenging times. You know, what are we going to do? We know that, that just the church on its own doing it isn't working. We know families on their own isn't working because God designed them to work together. And so let's get to orange. So now what? Now what do we do? Well, here's the thing. I'm going to use the golf analogy because this happened. Last summer, I went with a friend of mine. He wanted to go golfing, and he's a really good golfer, okay? And, and I'm not. Now, to my defense, I go golfing six, once every six years or so. But, um, and, and he said, and, and we wanted to go to the country club. All right, but instead, we're going to go on to the, the, the practice rounds, which is good, okay? But I'm still kind of nervous, and I'm like, okay. And he's like, what's up? I'm like, I've really been not very good at this, whatever. And here's what he said, and this is just this is a life lesson. He said, hey, just chill out. Just make contact. And I'm looking like, what? Just make contact. What do you mean just make contact? Just, just hit it. Don't worry about it. Don't worry about where it goes. Just go ahead and just concentrate on making contact. So I'm like, Whoo! right? And swing it back. And in the movies, it'd go forever. Mine went about 30 yards. All right? And right away, I'm like, oh, geez. And he's like, hey, you did great. 
Because he said, what are we supposed to do? And so I'm feeling like the little kid. Just make contact. (laughs) Just make contact. So that was the thing, right? Just make contact. Okay, we're talking about spiritual training of our children or our grandchildren. And we're like, I don't know what to do. Just make contact. Okay? Just do contact. Something. Don't worry about the results right away. And as you get better at golf, right, then you start working on your stance. Then you start working on your swing and then the nasty slice, right? You start doing all these things. But right away, the first time, I love his advice. Just make contact. And that's what we need to do with our kids in the church. We're all in a different place in our spiritual journey. Just make contact. And if you're well along and you've been doing stuff with your kids all along, good for you. You're a great example for others. Then take it up a notch. Work on something else with them. If you're just starting, just make contact. So why? Some reasons why people don't want to do this with their kids. I don't have enough time. Anybody say amen to that? Mm -hmm. I'm baiting you, by the way. I don't know enough. I'm not equipped. Or the last one is I don't have enough energy. All right, the first and third one, I don't have enough time and I don't have enough energy, are very legitimate in your life, I believe. If your life is anything like our life, and I think all of our lives are probably pretty close. They're very legitimate. But the first and third reason, don't hold. Because here's what I can tell you. You have time and energy to go golfing, to go fishing, to to check Facebook. You hear me? You have time for the things you want to do. Me too. And so the challenge is adjusting some of our time so that we can develop our kids spiritually. See, this isn't just putting something else on your plate. This is the plate. Okay? This is, other than your salvation, it is your kid's salvation. That's the next most important thing. Okay? Now, the second one is valid, I think. Many parents don't really know where to start. What what do I do? I, I don't know. First of all, you need to be on your own spiritual journey. I'll tell you that. We have stuff here. We have small groups. We have classes. All kinds of things that we can, you can continue to grow. But you don't have to be perfect. You don't have to be, have arrived. Okay? If you had one more Bible verse than your kid, you're equipped. Okay? If you saw something different, you're equipped. By the way, they'll teach you some things as well. All right, so how about this? How about making contact? Just make contact. Maybe you pray together. Before meals, that's pretty common. You can do that. Okay? How about before bed? Just a little quick thing here. My kids, sometimes they get tired and I just go through the motions, to be honest with you. And I'll go and I'll go to my son and I have three girls and one boy and I say, Father, bless this young lady. And, and he's like, Dad! I'm like, oh, she's okay. Um, okay? Right? Just being honest, sometimes you just got to, you know. But, uh, you know, pray with them. How about this? How about greet them warmly? And I need to work on this one, okay? Because I get home and I want to just get to work. What do I, got, what do I need to do, all right? And greet them warmly. Come on in and say hi. Or if they're playing a game or doing whatever, you don't have to interrupt their game. Just go ahead and, 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 and put your hand on their shoulder. Say hi. And you know what they do? <laughs> okay? But they know you're there. And studies show that people who greet each other warmly, their families stay connected. Imagine that. All right? How about a church experience? Take advantage of the church experiences that we have. You don't have to live at the church, but there's things that we can teach and train your children. Come alongside us, and we want to come alongside you. And then finally, who's somebody who you can influence? If you don't have kids living in your home, there are kids that you can influence. There are people who you can influence and encourage them. Now, on our end here at Celebration Church, we're also doing something this fall. It's called Faith at Home. 
All right, we're going to be rolling it out. This is our, our, our part of it, and we want to partner with you on doing it. Here's just a real brief thing on how it's going to work, okay? Because we want to equip you as parents. So let's say we're going to have, you have a two-year-old, all right? If you have a two-year-old, uh, one Sunday out of the year, all two-year-olds and their parents are not going to be in their regular classes and not be in here. And hopefully Pastor Mark kicks you out, actually. And you go into another room. And what we're going to do is, like, for example, at two-year-olds, we're going to teach you how to bless your children, and not a pastor's blessing. Right, forever. We're talking a very doable. We're going to show you. We're going to have you practice. And then we're going to send you home with resources. Okay? Just one thing a year. Can you handle that? Can I handle that? I think so. All right? We're going to start to equip you in three-year-olds. All right? Maybe when they get four-year-olds, then we're going to go ahead and uh, let's save a four-year-old. Then we're going to teach you how to do family devotions. Devotions always gives me little willies, all right? All right? But we're going to give that word. We're going to give family devotion. We're going to help you to equip you. We're going, to, we're going to show you. You can do it in 30 seconds, maybe even a minute. Then you do it with your child. And then we're going to give you some resources. So when you go home, you can use that same resource, flip the page two the next day, and you can do it. Okay? Does that sound good? This is a proven method that's been done at other churches. I think it's brilliant. And we're going to start rolling that out to help equip, equip you guys for yellow and red making orange. Okay? If you want to be part of that, you guys, and you've been great and you've been good with praying with your kids and blessing your kids, we have a sign-up at the information counter. If you want to be part of this as we implement it, it would be awesome as you teach it. One other final thing I want to roll out. We're always looking at different things and how we can more effectively teach your children to do our part. And uh, this fall, what we're going to do is we're going to change our Wednesday night experience for our kids in fifth grade through uh, high school, okay? And here's how it's quickly going to work. And you're like, I don't have that grade. That's fine, okay. All right, so here's going to fifth through eighth grade. They're going to go down to what's currently known as the 180 area starting in September. Uh, they'll do joint worship, and then they'll split off into fifth and sixth grade will be taught separate, and seventh and eighth will be taught separate, right? So we can really hone in on what's going on with the seventh and eighth grader because what's going on in the eighth grader's head is not the same thing that's going on in the fifth grader's head. You hear me? All right, and then the 9th through 12th are going to go into uh, what's currently known as switch, and we're looking at name changes, that kind of stuff, going to switch for 9th through 12th. Because what's going on in the 8th grader's head is not the same as going on in a senior's head and the things that need to be applied. And so they're going to go ahead and they're going to have their teaching there, and they're also going to do home groups that will be uh, grade-specific or grouping in smaller grades, male, female, all that kind of stuff, so that they can start to... uh, be taught more specifically on the things that they need, all right? So we're always looking to change as well as we are, are, are developing your kids from our part. And then there's your part, and we come together, okay? Here's the thing. We all are on a journey. We all interact with kids. And all we do need to do is just make some contact. Let's pray. Father, we come to you. We thank you for kids. And we thank you for the opportunity to, to influence them and to train them. And I just ask right now, Lord, that you would burn this into our hearts, that we need to come together, work together, team up to make the orange concept real. It's not a competition. It is cooperation that we may be influencers of our kids, primarily in the home. Help us to equip the parents as well. In Jesus' name. Amen.